You are listening to 40-something podcast with Valley and the Vig. And now, Silicon Steve Valley and the Vig. 40-something podcast with Valley and the Vig. I hope you guys are doing fantastic today. This is Silicon Steve Alley. The Vig is actually going to be out for the next day or two or a couple of days. He's tending to some uh, pretty serious family stuff. So we give him and his family all the love and respect. So if you guys want to give any letters or words of encouragement for Vig, you know, uh, without getting too personal, he's dealing with some real, real um, sad family stuff that a lot of times we all have to deal with. So. We are giving him his full support here at the 40-something podcast, so hang in there, Vig, and much love to you and your family, and we really hope, and, and honestly, he's one of my best friends in the world, so uh, really hoping uh, everything works out well for he and his family. That being said, we got to keep on keeping on. We we want to get some content out to you consistently, and I, quite frankly, folks, I'm a little bored. So my wife and I, we are watching James Baldwin's I Am Not Your Negro documentary the other night. And fantastic documentary. And I feel like, and I had a little bit of a discussion with a very smart guy I went to school with, a guy by the name of Carlos. And uh, Carlos had, had, I had mentioned that James Baldwin was very much ahead of his time. And I don't think he was embraced by the black community. And I don't think he was embraced by Americans in general as much as uh, Martin Luther King and Malcolm X. And I wanted to kind of go into the reasons as to why that might be the case. One of the, and, and I had mentioned that he spent most of his adult life in France, not New York city, not with it, Martin, not with Malcolm really fighting the good fight in the streets during a lot of it. However, he did return in the 1960s to fight the good fight, bring his abilities, his talents to bring in the plate of the black man to the forefront. And I will say this, he, James Baldwin, if you're not familiar, and unfortunately a lot of people are not familiar with James Baldwin. He's not just a civil rights activist. In fact, by trade, he was a poet. He was a novelist. He was a playwright. He's one of the most brilliant modern playwrights in American history. That's just that simple. He's that good. And typically his protagonists, his heroes would have black or gay characters. And he didn't speak like Malcolm and he didn't speak like Martin Luther King. I dare say he spoke, he spoke with the English language better than most people would ever speak the English language. And I don't want to say he spoke white to people, which I probably would have said in a younger age, because who am I to assume that a white person speaks the English language with such greatness. I mean, how many times I think to Chris Rock, if you listen to Chris Rock, Chris Rock had a great bit about Colin Powell when white people talked about Colin Powell that he spoke so well. He speaks so well. And and Chris Rock was like, Well, what, did, what do you think? He's an educated man. What do you think? So um, so I hate to have that ignorant attitude that if you speak English beautifully, you know, it, you don't have the you don't have the slang, you don't have what have you. You don't have the urban dialect. Ebonics, I think it was called several years ago, a couple of decades ago. Um, James Baldwin didn't really have any of that. He spoke with, in fact, I would say he spoke more like, if you remember Cary Grant, or if you remember one of those old school um, actors, 
doctors. Well, many, very, very many things have been wrong with this world. And I have been, fact, in fact, I've been trying to get people to understand. You know, he speaks kind of with this very passionate, very um, enunciated and beautiful way. He, James Baldwin spoke the English language. I dare say there wasn't a better speaker ever. I just love hearing this man talk. Any interviews I hear, he just speaks. And the thing is, he breaks it down so simply. And what he's saying now, and if you saw the documentary, the end of the documentary, he was, and obviously James Baldwin, if you're not aware, he died in 1987, I believe December 1st, 1987. And so he died pretty young. He died in his mid-60s. He died in France. He was not that prevalent in American culture in the 70s and 80s, probably why a lot of us don't remember him and don't have a lot of memories of him. But I saw a couple of videos a few years back, and I was like, who is this guy? And how come he wasn't president of the United States? Well, we know why he wasn't president of the United States. Our country wasn't ready for a black president back in the 60s. But I really wanted to bring some awareness to James Baldwin. If you haven't seen the documentary, it's called I Am Not Your Negro. And if you're a white person that is trying to figure out and you're still denying that racism is still a major part of our lives. James Baldwin breaks it down real simple for you of what is needed for this country to really achieve what we set out, which was set out in this constitution. We always talk about how much we love this constitution. Uh, you know, the, the Trump fans, oh, we love this constitution, our second amendment rights, our first amendment rights, freedom of speech, freedom, 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 freedom. They cherry pick the constitution they, they pick the right ones that they like, and the rest that don't worry about them, they put them away. The Constitution is a brilliant, brilliant document. But the second ink hit that paper, we fell way short of the ideals of this Constitution. So what James Baldwin does, he really crystallizes the problem with being a black man in this country. And he does it in a way where he's talking to you because you know he's smart and you know he's not crying. He literally left this country because of the racism. He went to France and lived peacefully because it's much more diverse. And racism isn't near the problem in France than it is in America. In fact, racism isn't a problem in most of the country that it is in America. And until white America realizes it and they look themselves in the mirror and says, yes, this country is based in racism and there's still a lot of racism out there, then we're not going to make that document, the Constitution, what it needs to be. We have got to face that every man and woman created equal, every man created equal is fucking real. A cop, because he's afraid because of a scary black person on the street, shouldn't act with impunity and kill people and treat them like they're subservient, treat them like dogs because of where they live or what their color of their skin is. And us white people, we like to pretend like it doesn't exist. Trump fans, literally, conservatives, bunch of white idiots saying racism doesn't exist. Well, yeah, let's take white males and the, and the, and the, Women who are subservient to these men, women like that jack-off Kaylee McKenney, 
who, when she was asked about her accomplishments, I think that women were so mad at me. She, she came out and she said, I'm just grateful of her to, to have a seat at the table. What kind of bullshit is that? If you are a talented woman, you don't need a seat at the table. You should be at the table because you're talented. And that is typical of a lot of white women. That's why white women, over 50% of them voted for Trump both times. These are women with little self-respect. These are women who are subservient to their men, whether they know it or not, no matter how sassy they get. Man calls the shots in their relationship. These women are 1950s women who just happen to have a job because you need two incomes to make it in this world right now. Those women can get the fuck out of here. Who are backing your man and, the, and, and are, are sitting by and being okay with sexism when you're getting paid 80 cents to the dollar that a man, do, man does, but you're just happy to be there. You are hurting the process. You're hurting the process in sexism. You're hurting the process in racism. And you guys are shills. And you are weak because you listen to your husbands and you say exactly what they do political, politically. You vote the way they want you to. You think the way they want you to, whether you know it or not. And a lot of these women I went to school with in high school, they don't even really, they, they, they think that they, oh, they think that they are just strong women. No, you're not. No, you're not. You're not a strong woman if you support President Trump because what you're doing is taking a backseat to white men. If you support President Trump. That's the reality. And I don't care who you think you are. I don't care what you think you've accomplished. If you are supporting this president and the way he, and, and if you support Kayla McKenney, he's saying, oh, I'm just glad to have a seat at the table when talking about being in his administration as a woman. When that is the attitude you have, you're part of the problem. And I have one, but I digress. I kind of went off there. But James Baldwin, I am challenging everybody to check out. It's on Hulu. It's called... And it was a movie that came out a few years ago. It was actually narrated by Samuel L. Jackson, reading the actual words from James Baldwin's last unpublished novel. And it was a nonfiction book about racism and what we need to do. And it was a brilliant book. And, and the fact remains is that if you watch this with an open heart, you can't help but understand a lot more than you did going into it in terms of how black people are living in this country and how they've lived in this country for several hundred years. And it's important. So I encourage everyone to check out James Baldwin's I am not your Negro. And I just want to make as much people aware as him as possible. He is brilliant. He is a great, he's a brilliant novelist. And give me some of your ideas. What do you guys think? What is the reason James Baldwin has not had, at least in pop culture, the same effect as Malcolm X and Martin Luther King? If you guys can give me some feedback, I would love to hear it. He has had a great impact, too. I don't want to say he hasn't been impactful. The guy is brilliant. I've been, you know, telling you how great he is this whole time. However, to, you know, to suggest that he is, an, is influential or at least as prevalent in pop culture as Martin or Malcolm is absolute. I don't just don't see it. And I think he deserves it. I really, really do. I think he. But then again. There is the argument he was over in France for a good portion of the civil rights movement. So uh, he kind of came in, you know, he was kind of like the free agent you signed <laughs> halfway through the season. You know what I mean? But uh, he definitely was, a, he was able, and there was a famous interview, I believe, on the Dick Cavett show. He was with a very famous philo uh, philosophy professor, 
and I forget where the guy was, but an older white gentleman, but a fair white gentleman. He wasn't a white gentleman that, you know, he he is has that libertarian spirit, you know, that that belief in the Constitution that all men really are created equal and there really isn't racism and that we live in the best country in the world because everything is we're okie dokie because this great constitution until we start living the constitution word for fucking word we haven't lived up to the notions of this constitution we haven't lived up to it we have failed for over 200 years we have failed to live up to this constitution and we have to understand we're still a young country and we still have ways to go and james baldwin says and, and toward the end of it he they said one of his uh last american interviews he said the question was posed to him if he's optimistic about the future of our country and he said he was and, and god bless him he said he was optimistic and he said that he has no choice to be optimistic and this is where i want to tie it all together here i'm watching this documentary I'm seeing a lot of signs. I'm seeing signs that say, and they were talking about segregation. That was a big part of it. And I have said multiple times, Trump fans are on the same side as the segregationists and they're on the same side as the slave owners in the South. And you always lose. If there's something really big that's going to happen in this country, it might be some violence and it might be catastrophic. It might even be somewhat of a civil war. But make no mistake, the side of the idiots that were charging the Capitol building, the people that say segregation is communism, which, by the way, was a big thing they were saying. What else is communism? Free health care? Right? Communism. Oh, communism. I'm so scared. It's communism. <gasps> These, this red herring has been the right-wing beat, the racist beat for decades. They beat that drum. Socialism, socialism, communism, communism. They beat that drum to death. And they did the same thing in the 1960s. They did the same thing in the 1950s. Segregation was communism. <gasps> Ooh, is that what it was? Oh, I just thought it was black people and white people. All men created evil living together. And now, just because the faces are different, the rhetoric is the same, the words are the same, and that side always loses. So if you're a Trump fan, listen to me right now. You're going to fucking lose. If when the shit hits the fan, and it probably will, your side loses every time. You guys are losers. You lose every time. You lost in the Civil War. You lost in the 60s. You lost in the, in the 90s. You lose every single solitary time. You won for, you, had, you, you were winning for a couple of years with Trump. But once middle America, who thought you guys were so great and thought you, and middle America thought you guys were so good, a lot of the, and, did, and turned a blind eye to all this bullshit that Trump would say, well, he's doing a good job. He's doing what I said. That ugliness on January 6th that everyone knew was there. I knew it was there. I was saying it for years. There is a disgusting, deep-seated hatred and violence and anger in the Trump base. And they and it spilled over and showed their, their ugly stuff on January 6th. So have Trump run again. Every single one of these Republicans who voted to, to acquit him, not because he was innocent, because he wasn't in office, 
Not one of them, at least not one of my knowledge, has said the president didn't do anything wrong on January 6th. They said they're not going to vote to convict because he's not in office. It was a loophole, meaning that that piece of sh he was able to rally up this rally. And by the way, I will say this. If he knew exactly what was going to happen, I like to think he wouldn't have said what he said. Now reports are that he was happy when they were storming the Capitol building. This is so great they're doing. He said he loved them after they did it. So let's stop bullshitting if Trump did anything wrong here. He did do something wrong. He would have been convicted if he was still in office. He wasn't in office. It's the only reason he wasn't convicted. And Republicans are pussies. And they don't want to go against a man who carries half their base. Say what you want about Donald Trump. No Republican has gotten more votes than him. Conversely, no candidate in the history of our country has had more votes against him either, but. So do me a favor, just so you know, you Trump fans who think you're on the right side of the law, we're losing our country. We hear that one. That was another one I heard back in the We're losing our country to black people. Oh, we're losing our country. What are we losing the country to? This white paranoia that we're losing the country. Here's the reality, folks. The Constitution is blank. Read the whole fucking thing. Don't just pick when your Trump, when your president, when your hero is suspended from Twitter. Start picking all the all the Constitution, the whole thing. Roe v. Wade, shut the fuck up. It's in the Constitution. Amendment, sorry, shut up. You love your, you know, right-wingers, they love their fucking constitutional rights until it doesn't agree with them. Then they're like, oh, we got to change that. All right, I'm fired up today. Vig isn't here to reel me in, so I'm just railing. And I'm okay with that. But you hear that from Trump supporters, and that's the thing. You know, you hear, we're losing our country. Who are we losing the country to? The liberals? Last time I checked, the liberals were American, too. See, what these, these right-wingers have this idea that they are the most American and they're the proudest. Oh, we're great Americans. We love America. We love the Constitution. You only love, you only love the Second Amendment and you, love a, and you love the First Amendment. The rest of them you don't even give a shit about. You don't even know about them. Statistically speaking, Trump fans are uneducated. They don't go to secondary schools. Those are facts, baby. Those are beautiful facts. So anyways, I'm losing my point with James Baldwin, but, but, but definitely check out James Baldwin. And I would like to know, why do you think James Baldwin is not as revered as Martin and Malcolm? And I'd like to hear from some, uh, some of our black listeners. I know we got a few of them. <laughs> Hopefully a few girls too. Uh, I'd like to hear your opinion. What, what is your opinion? Uh, let me hear. And I, in fact, I'll even reach out to a contributor to the show, Jesse Tappen. Let him tell me. In fact, we might have him on and uh, talk about James Baldwin and talk about a lot of that, those kind of things, because we, we obviously want to get all different perspectives on. Um, I've invited a right wing friend, Dave, uh, several times. He's yet to come on the show because I think at any because anytime I've challenged him with one of his concerns, he typically doesn't have the time or the information on hand to battle me. So what happened?
but you know, but that's 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 the folks. And so everyone who's worried about our country being destroyed and all that, look, the Trump fans, the people who are marching with KKK members and Nazis and people who stormed the Capitol building, that side loses in our country every single time when push comes to shove they go back into their racist holes and then they'll finally come out again but they're going to be beaten in a submission for the next couple of years yeah the, the right wingers will share their stupid little in, uh, misspelled memes on facebook and i don't know why trump memes are always misspelled i have no idea not always but often why are trump memes misspelled more than any other kind of political meme ever can someone explain that to me i want to just chalk it up to because his base is extraordinarily dumb, but I, not, there's a lot of smart people that voted for Donald Trump. The dumb ones are often the louder ones, you know, the ones that storm the Capitol and such that actually believe in Donald Trump. But, you know, so I want everyone to kind of relax. And if you're worried about what's going to happen in this country over the next several years, that side loses all the time. Trump lost the election. And by his standards, he lost in a landslide. Trump lost the election, and that was before January 6th. There are so many videos the American public hasn't even seen. and has, Donald Trump will never be president again because guess what? Guess what? His actions and his words are all going to be held accountable. And that side always loses, folks. And everyone, including myself, complained about this impeachment if we knew how it was going to end. The Democrats, quite frankly, they did it simply for this reason. Because of every every single one of those 47 Republican senators, they now had a monster, monster, monster piece of ammunition to go after them head-to-head in elections. All 47 of them are going to have to answer that question every single election run. If they get through the first one, they should be okay. But every single one of them that debt, especially if Trump starts going off the rails again, like he looks like he's going to with McConnell, I'm telling you, all 47 of them are going to be held very much accountable and many of them are going to lose their seats. I promise you that. And you and you back un- apathy. You back apathy. You you dis- despise empathy. You don't care about your fellow American. Your side's gonna lose because it always fucking does. You lose. Anti-segregationist, you lost. Slavery, you lost. You're losers. Sorry, your side is losers. And if you're not sure if you're on the side or not. When you start bitching and crying about socialism and communism, that's exactly what was happening during the civil rights era. Exactly what was happening. It's the same story. So all of you guys who were driving around with trucks, with your big Trump fans, flags, and, 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 and you took to the streets for this candidate, this man of moral capacity that is beyond Jesus Christ himself. The best, the, the president who did the most for African-Americans than Abraham Lincoln, since Abraham Lincoln. And maybe he even beat Abraham Lincoln for doing most. Jesus Christ. And you people bought into it hip, line, and sinker. And it just, it's just, you're going to be losers. You guys lose every time in our country's history.
The only thing is, is you don't realize that you're on the segregation side. You don't realize you're on the slave owner side. You think you're on the American side, but you don't know shit about the Constitution, nor do you want to implement the Constitution to help all people in this country. That's why you say things like, we are losing this country. Like the people you're losing to are Americans too. Check yourself. You're not that fucking special. Anyway, this is all me I got today. Silicon Steve Valley wanted to hop on with you. I was fired up about James Baldwin and uh, spilled over into Trump. So do yourself a favor. Check out James Baldwin. Extraordinarily brilliant uh, playwright, everything. And he, I'm not sure of his impact in terms of how important he was in comparison to Malcolm and Martin, but he certainly needs to be brought up a lot more than he has. And I know he has been the last uh, couple of weeks. So we figured we'd hop on and talk about James Baldwin and the impact he's had. He's been great. He was great, and he uh, really did a good job of talking to white people, possibly more so than Malcolm and Martin. Maybe not Martin as much. Malcolm certainly didn't give a shit about talking to white people, obviously, <laughs> at least until the last couple of years. Complete uh, two different distinctions between Martin and Malcolm, whereas Baldwin kind of towed the line, and he was more ex- exp- exp- uh, you know, explanatory of what the situations were. And he was trying to put white people in black people's shoes where Malcolm didn't really give a shit. Most of his activist career, he didn't really give a shit about what white people thought. He's like, this is what we got to do. We got to take care of ourselves because this country is set up and stacked up against us because of, you know, the white patriarchy that his, that this country has been involved in. So, Whereas James was like, well, what do you want us to do? This is what we're dealing with. This is who we are. I'm literally afraid for my life when I walk down the street because cops might fuck with me. And you're telling me to believe in this country and you're telling me to to love this country so much, but this country is treating me like shit. And what white people can't wrap their heads around is that that's what's been going on. It's not made up. It's not because they're crybabies. Oh, what Pac's always bitching about racism. And look, I'm not saying every time racism is yelled, it's true. I get that. There's a lot of times like Juicy Smollett, Juicy Smollett, Jesse Smollett, whatever his name is. Obviously, a lot of people on the left are fucked too. And I'm never going to deny that. But to bitch about the left when, okay, your, your president is inciting a riot and they say, oh, it's okay for Antifa. That one aboutism shit doesn't play. That's for the dullards. That is for the weak-minded. That is for the ones who cannot win the argument. What about isms is when you lose the argument and you have no ability to stand on your own feet and defend what is happening. Every time I've talked to a Trump supporter over the last couple months about what happened on January 6th, they bring up Black Lives Matter and Antifa and the riots last year every fucking time. What about that? What about? What about? What about? Fuck your what about. You look if you get if you're caught speeding on the highway, and there's a dude in front of you that was going faster, but the p- cop pulled you over. You can't say, "Well, what about that guy? He was speeding too." That doesn't work. It doesn't take away the fact that you sped. So the disgusting violence that went down in all of those cities, particularly Portland, that, that did not help any situation. Yeah, that sucked. That was horrible. I condemn that. But instead of condemning this time, they're instead of the Republicans overall condemning this act, instead of condemning it, they say, what about Black Lives Matter? What the fuck does Black Lives Matter have to do with the insurgents on January 6th? 
Own your shit. Be, be accountable for your shit. I am salty. I didn't smoke weed this morning, folks. And that's what that looks like. Don't tell me racism doesn't fucking exist. We got to own our shit and then we can be and we can achieve the ideals that this country and the Constitution set forth. But until we own our shit, white people, there's going to be a struggle. And if you are fighting against it, you're going to lose because you lose every single time. Here endeth the lesson. This is Silicon Steve Valley. That serves 40-something podcast. We'll see you guys later. Hopefully the Vig will be back riding with me. And uh, thank you so much, guys. We want to, uh, we're going to, we had a couple guests lined up this week. However, unfortunately, because of the big situations, we are going to postpone some of our guests. We're going to have Jesse Tappan on here, historian. We're going to talk about the Civil War, and maybe we'll get into James Baldwin as well. We're going to have two that to skydive. We were tentatively, tentatively scheduled this Saturday. That might still go down. We were going to have Ray Pearson on, uh, author of God's Cruel Joke. And a very funny book, but all that has been postponed as of right now. The Two Bets of Skydive is still tentative, but we got to see what's going on with the VIG first. And that's where we're at. So follow us on all on my weight loss journey. No Fab VIG is still yet to masturbate in February, so you got to give him a credit. So No Fab February is in full effect. I have not, not masturbated. I have, uh, you know had myself a few times it's just it honestly and for me and this is just for me and i'll we're going to do a whole show about it at the end of the month but uh just no fat for me it, it caused me stress having that release um i'm being dead serious it really take de-stresses me in a lot of ways so no fab's not working for me but it, it's certainly working for vig but he's dealing with a lot of stuff right now so we got to see what's going on with that and um my weight loss journey who we have official weigh-ins every single monday I weighed in at 263 pounds on Monday. Last Monday before, I was 268, so I was down five pounds last week. And we really are in a good groove right now. I'm really maintaining my good habits of eating. We're doing a keto, Whole30 hybrid kind of diet. No bread, no dairy whatsoever. And, uh, I, you know, unofficial weight, I'm 256, so I've actually lost 12 pounds in nine days. So a lot of it's water weights, but it's, but it's been good, and it's been, and I feel better, and uh, I'm going to start my ex- exercise program, I believe, the week after next, and hopefully the pounds will be coming up then. So thank you so much for listening to this very quick and solo version of 40-something podcast. Just wanted to get some James Baldwin ideas out there and for those of you who already knew james baldwin well no no idea look there's unfortunately so many millions of people don't know the impact james baldwin had so i encourage you to do your research on him and i encourage more people in the in the hollywood and pop culture community to to continue to push him i mean i know there's been a lot of talk about him lately over the last few years but he really should have been on the forefront and read all the books all the history books we should add an entire chapter on him Um, The guy was absolutely brilliant and really was a great voice for the civil rights movement that uh, really changed a lot of lives for the better. And uh, we're kind of in a similar spot now. So thank you so much for listening to the 40-something podcast with Valley and the Big, the Forte Pate. And we will talk to you guys very, very soon. Thank you for listening to 40-something podcast with Valley and the Big. This is Silicon Steve Alley, and we will talk to you later.